This episode of the Good and the Bad and the Geeky podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Audible.com. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It'll cause you not to eat your vegetables and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated, and news, liberty has endorsed any aspect of the show. D4K Studios in Columbus, Ohio. It's the good, the bad, and the geeky. It's okay. When we go golfing and I shoot a 103, I think you'll be fine. And when Nick's passed out because my ball went horizontal and hit him, (laughs) or the Asian kid, I'm sure it'll be fine. Because I will either have girl clubs or my dad's clubs, which are way too small. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome out to the show, everyone. Episode 174. Is that recorded? That is recorded. Fantastic. That I do re- use girl clubs. Don't dog <laughs> it till you've tried it. If you are vertically challenged, either way, short or tall, it is problematic. What? Wait a minute. Why is it? So the girls' clubs, they're, they're taller? They're, they're nicer for taller individuals? Or I, 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 no, I just have girl clubs because when I was younger, uh, parents thought it was good. Friends of the family. <laughs> no, friends of the family. Well, I don't want to... I don't think it's going to matter to say their names. The Cunninghams, Richard and Danette, remember them? No. I, I don't really remember them. Oh, okay. Anyway, I don't, really, really nice I friends of the family. Uh, I mean, she and her husband are both really good golfers. She sure. bought a new set, I think, and just gave us the old ones. You can't tell. I, could, I had no idea. I mean, the iron looks like an iron. It had a black grip. It's I hit worm burners all the time. I'm not kidding. I am totally not kidding. I, well, we so talked that's about in the water, ago. right? No, worm, no burn. worm burners is where you just don't where get it, it off the ground. It's basically this far off the ground and just, you know. It, it's it's it like it's burning. Roll, like, like it, oh, I think the reason I don't know what it is is because I'm not that bad at golf. Exactly. It, that's that's exactly. It's either is your worm phone burner, on? It's either worm burner or a don't talk right now. Raper. Is your is phone it? on? Yes, it is. I thought all phones were off. Uh, for the bit in the uh, two few weeks episodes ago, I had my phone on because this is a pre-recorded. <laughs> now, granted, it has been two weeks since anyone has made a mistake about a phone. I just touched <laughs> your leg. Thanks. That's not gay. He put his finger in my mouth. <laughs> Did you really? I totally yes. missed it. I totally missed two it. Two weeks ago, he put his shoe in my face. I remember that. Yeah. That was pretty hilarious. Yeah. And uh, but We was talked that- about gray socks. We, we did. Now, was that I think in the, the problem is... Yes. There aren't very many big and tall colors. Like, how many, like, other than, like, dress that socks... True. And dress socks, you I mean, we have our brown... We, I love dress brown, socks. Brown, black, and white. Everything. Blue, tan, mixed. Or blue, yeah, yeah. But when Argyle. it comes to, like, athletic... Argyle. What the hell is that? Argyle? The, like, the diamond... Oh, is that color. what that is? Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was called. Yeah, Argyle sweaters. I think I mixed up with the word gargoyle. I like <laughs> it's gargoyles. I, I, I think the worst. I'm like, Argyle's awful. Your poor socks. <laughs> so scary looking. They are freaky. That, that's Yeah, I, I can never... But I, when I it comes to athletic socks, you get either ankle, crew, or... 
I think that's it. Knee high. And they call them big and tall socks, no but they're not big and tall socks. I uh, I had. Uh, but you get white or black. I don't think I said the color. You know, ever, I've, I've never seen a gray sock in my size. I I bought a pair of uh, of socks. We're really talking about socks. We're talking about we're talking about socks. <laughs> I will either play bejeweled while you talk about something boring, <laughs> or, or I will create about, something. It, we're it's your choice. Socks. We're talking about socks. Follow us on Twitter if you would like to discuss this. Uh, good bad geeky. Son of a bitch! I said it right. You did. You did it. <laughs> It's ruined. <laughs> it's ruined. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I had it for two weeks and I blew it. You blew it. Son of a But you know what? It's a valid attempt, sir. It's okay, a valid well, attempt. I was so excited until I replayed it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, follow us on Twitter, Good Bad Geeky. And, uh, but no, I bought a pair of socks that were, that uh, were, because I get blisters really bad on my feet, even after if I work out all the time and walk. I think and your stuff. shoes might be too tight. It, it could be that I have sh- I have I only have one pair of shoes or too loose or too loose. It's probably it's too loose because I've shrunk, lost so much weight. Are they in the back? Is it the blister yep. on the back? No, it's in the front. Never had a blister on the front. It's like mm. right on the crevice of the big toe is usually where it's at, or on the sole or the upper sole of my. Mm. You know. Down here. Yeah, right there. Yeah. So you're putting too much pressure. On probably your, on that area when you walk. It just be you're not used to doing it too. It. I'm not. It started off. Your advice is awful. Well, it started off that way. It's valid. It's valid. It, it started what? off that way, but when I started walking, it's valid. Continued walking, I it would is. get worse. It, than, so I thought it was I was sweating too much. You perspiration. Just said it was awful. What? You just said it was awful. I said it was valid. Valid and After awful. I After I said it, you said I give horrible advice. You do give horrible advice. How is that horrible advice? It is horrible. How is it horrible? Because you walk all the time. Yes, but not. Yeah, but not like at a. Workout pace, yeah. Workout pace <laughs> all the time, yeah. You, yeah, but but it's I, like, okay, I'm gonna I, go down from here I, down to the hall. Yeah, yeah. Time to do my freaking suicides down the hall. So, oh I, my god, you know you can't call them suicides anymore. Why? Because oh, apparently it's offensive. You yeah, have to call to them. Who? I don't know suicidal maniacs. People who are gonna. Like, are you thinking of homicidal maniacs? Suicidal maniacs. Those they're not worse. really maniacs. Cause they're dead. They're worse. The first word <laughs> implies that they won. The first word means they got it. <laughs> no, I because I actually thought, that's a lot, suicide bombers. There you go. I think we've all learned something. Today. I mean, they don't know they're suicide they're bombers. Socks and bombers right. and suicides. Right, right. Anyway, so, you have to call them like ladders or. I don't even know another term other than ladder or suicide. Burpees? No, burpee is when you go down, you do a push up, you bring your leg back up, you come up. Squat thrusts. Yes. No, that's when you squat thrust. <laughs> wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Squat thrust. No, you don't no, squat. You, you squat don't. Thrust. You don't squat in a burpee. Oh, okay. I think the problem is everybody has a term for like five different things that are the same. Yeah, they are pretty much the same. Yeah, kind like of. worm burners. I'm sure there's a burpee another. is a squat thrust with a push up. No, you don't squat. What do you do? Are you talking about a traditional squat or just a squat just to get down? A squat thrust. You know what squat thrust is? I think. <clears throat> I'm assuming you squat. Excuse me. You squat and then you thrust Uh-oh, up. John is no, going no, no, to... no, no, no. Okay. John. Or is that when you flip the weight up and then go up? No, squat thrust. You go down. That's a burpee. No, burpee is when you go down like this. That's a push-up burpee. And then a burpee is that. These are burpees. Okay. Yeah. Squat thrust. You go down. Go like this. So it's okay. a burp. No, it's different. We took out. We took out the e. Okay. Well, anyway, I don't know those were called squat thrusts. Yeah, I we've all learned something today. Did you squat around and then thrust back. 
I'm just told, do a burpee. And if you can't do a burpee this way, do the burpee that way. Yeah. Uh, see, that's what I'd like to start doing, but I, I don't have any good upper upper body strength, so I can't really even do a, a was it the poor man's or, or weak man's uh, push-up. Girl push-ups. I can't even do girl push-ups even. So, I mean. This is actually a sexist stereotype because. Well, it is a little bit. I, I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to take the high road there. But, I mean, I am a girl, so it all works I'm just out. trying not to laugh when I say that. Of course. Um, so, uh, Saturday, January 9th. Because uh, that was such a wonderful segue. I think you mean June. <laughs> only because. Do I keep saying July? You said January. You said January. Did I? Fuck me. <laughs> this is not January. This I'm. This is Nick from the future talking from to, to you all in the past. Saying, so you're in, in 2013 a, right now. Right. And I'm coming back to you in the past to say in the future, yeah, we'll have a show on January 9th, 2013. No, no. Seriously, though. Uh. 2012, June 9th, Saturday at 9 p.m. Doors open at Pack Rat Comics in Hilliard, Ohio. Um, we're doing a Good, Bad, and Geeky live and unedited. Um, there'll be, you, matter of fact, you can see John do a squat thrust. Wait, I can show you the difference. You can show us the difference live and in person. Squat thrust and a burpee. <laughs> squat thrust and a burpee. You can see it all there. We'll also be giving out prizes from Mark Guggenheim, Bill Lawrence. And uh, Jimmy will be there too, so we'll probably be making fun of him and calling him gay because that's what we do. Because <laughs> he is gay, and also we can actually get down. To, you know what? We can have a counseling session of why his wife married him because I think that's important. Why did his <laughs> wife marry him? Because it <coughs> well, might embarrass her. It, it's all very evident to us that he's I mean, she's gay. like a my size Barbie. She's. A I don't think that's nice. And <laughs> you said that. <laughs> I don't like to pick on little people. Ugh. Show people. I, I have like no reason. Okay, well, Show you could also one could debate that no I hate reason. them. Show people. Got I don't like to make fun of them in person. No reason to live. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good, the bad, and the geeky live and at a January. Or, God damn it, June 9th, uh, Pack Rat Comics. Ten dollars get in, and it goes to proceeds go to charity. So it's really important. to Check us out. Remember, it goes to cancer, not Prancer or Dick Vixen, Common or Cupid. Doesn't or go to any Winkle them. Pickers. Winkle Pickers. Which, if you listen to three episodes ago, I believe you will hear that. I don't know where we're Yeah, I don't know where we're at right now. We're on episode. I don't even say what episode we're on. We're episode one seventy four. Five. And four. Are we on four? We have one yeah. seventy four. And oh, so uh, okay. yeah, and this is part two of our Jerome Wetzel TV finale. TV finale talk. We have is uh, it Wenzel or Wetzel? Jerome Wetzel TV. And um, if I have no idea, and if the show still goes on as planned, we'll have uh, Barbara Barnett, who writes for BlogCritics.org, talking about the series finale of House and maybe a few other shows uh, that Jimmy or Jerome, whoever the fuck he goes by, <laughs> it changes in every fucking episode. Uh, he'll go by, and so uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, oh, and oh yeah, six one four three six four four zero eight eight. Goodbaggeeky at gmail dot com or Twitter us at goodbaggeeky. Twitter John at John Batine, Nathan at Giant Nate, and uh, please and, friend me on Twitter. I like how you you tried it. You yeah, already lost. I it. Got already that. messed it you up. You already once. lost it. No, I, I I I bought. I got it back. Yeah. Nope. So uh, we'll take a break, and uh, we'll be right back with Jerome Muscle TV. 
No matter what you say about us, this is absolute lunacy, folks. And no matter how you say it, if someone says conversate, it is not a word. How do you like this crazy show, honey? The show is a disaster. We have got to put a stop to this, folks. Remember, remember, we encourage it. You're not conversating with me. You're either conversing or you're communicating. TalkSuperstation.com. Well, I better get on the air. Who knows? Uh, somebody might be listening. Talk. This is bull capital S with a hit. Spoken here. You know a book I just read? What? The Hunger Games. Oh, that movie was Ooh. fantastic, but uh, I heard the book was way better. Mm, me too. It was fantastic, actually. I, yeah, I just wish I could read it. I don't have time to read it, or any book, really. Yeah, well, it's just hard for Nate and I to, to get a book in, because with student teaching and, you know, with my job and everything. I get it, guys. I do. With being married and having a little girl and running a business, I'm busy all the time, too. That is why I listen to audiobooks on my MP3 player. It helps me stay in touch with books I want to read and allows me to fit it in between the rest of my responsibilities. That is why, for some of you listening to the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Oh, wow. I was able to sign up and get a free copy of A Game of Thrones. Do they have, like, a bossy pants by Tina Fey? You bet your sweet bippy they do. Awesome. So if you'd like to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky for your free audiobook. <laughs> Welcome back to The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, Jerome Wetzel TV season finale part two edition. With me, as always, is the savant host of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. Wow, that that was the word you were trying to think of last time. It right? was the word I was trying to think of last wow, time. I, I, I appreciate that. I'm Nick Nitro. And we have a special guest to discuss a couple of our finales with us, mm-hmm. uh, co-executive editor of blogcritics.org, Barbara Barnett. Welcome out, Barbara. It's such a pleasure to have you back. And, uh, Thank you And you uh, are the author of the book. Uh, we should just plug this real quick. Absolutely. You can get on Amazon, uh, uh, Chasing Zebras, The Unofficial Guide to House MD. Yes, yes, yes. It goes up through season six. Um, and it goes into the show in great depth and very, very exciting. Um, it is now once again available on Kindle. It wasn't. There was a big... <laughs> between um, our uh, North American distributor and Amazon, uh, not just my book, but all their books, and that's been resolved, and now uh, the book is available again on Kindle, so yay. Yay! And please buy lots of copies, because it would be really nice if she could do a second edition with season seven and eight, and mm-hmm. she can't until we buy lots of copies, so that... Yes, 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 buy lots of copies, so they sell out of this printing of this book, and then maybe... Um, they will, instead of just reprinting the book, do an update. So that's kind of what I've heard. That would be awesome. And they, they recycle very well. So just go ahead and buy like 10 copies. And, you know, once you've given them as gifts to everyone you know, then you can just start recycling copies. You know, it never hurts to get started on your Christmas shopping now. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, obviously, and this is, I guess, a spoiler alert, uh, being that she wrote a book on House, you can probably guess why Barbara's here. To talk about Once Upon a Time, correct? Of course. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, once upon, she also does an article on Once Upon a Time. We'll get to House in a second, but Once Upon a Time uh, had its finale, and 
<laughs> that was fantastic. That was fantastic. Okay. We, so, talked about, we talked about before recording, like, we'll get once uh, once upon a time first because we'll talk about House more. And I just went right for the transition into House. Wait up. F that up. Honestly, though, it was a great anti-transition. So it was. You know what? We're deconstructing the talk show format. There we go. Okay, so. Anyway. Barbara, <laughs> once upon a time, what did you think? Sorry? <laughs> Once upon a time. Once uh, upon a time. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, there was a television show, and it had a season finale. What do you think uh, the best parts of that finale were, the implications going forward? Just, uh, you know, your overall impressions, whatever you want to talk about with that finale. Oh, really, 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 really great. Oh, by the way, it's funny because every time you say once upon a time, I think of not only once upon a time, but Robert Carlyle, who stars in the show, has a movie called Once Upon a Time in the Midlands. Oh. So, so that you didn't know that. Um, yeah, and did you know that? I did um, not. I did not. So it, it's like you've got two Once Upon a Time, um, which is kind of cool. Anyway, what did I think of the finale? I love the finale. Um, I um, I was wondering at the end of the finale if they were going to re- what they were going to resolve, and they resolved a ton of stuff only to set up something completely new for next season. And um, I just, I adored the fact that A, Belle, and Rumpel got back together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Stunning. Yeah. But what that did is it really, and of course, Jefferson uh, freeing Belle from her captivity and how did that, what's interesting is that he knew that's where she was. Yeah. And that's something to yeah, that's something to explore for next year. How would he know that? And by the way, did you notice that Sydney is in the next show? I did notice that, and I figured that was because he's got a new show next year, so he won't have a lot of time to do Once Upon a Time. Yeah, right. Maybe that was an homage to that. Yeah, uh, I, I think that was just a way to explain where he is going to be since we won't see him. Although he did say that he is very anxious to work with the producers and scheduling people for both shows so that he can still yes. do once upon a time. Hopefully he yeah, will. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, but um, Belle being let, let out of her little cell was a wonderful setup because it really sets up next year as a bit of a revenge play. That and, and, and it's going to be a war for Rumpel's soul even further. Like, it really sets him up for a good arc. Like, how much is he going to succumb to the Dark Revenge stuff? And what is yeah. her lightning influence going to be on him? Right, right. And, you know, it's interesting. One of the things I've kind of said from the beginning, and I may have said it on your last show that I appeared on, um, was that I've always kind of felt that, yes, this is the story of Emma and the story of Snow White and the story of uh, Prince Charming. But what really drives all of the magic and all of the, the, the what, what propels the entire story forward, I thought, at least since we knew that Rumpel lost his son, like back earlier in the season, that I think it's his story, it's his narrative mm-hmm. that drives the story. Because why bring back magic? I know, yeah, power. Oh, magic is power, which is a, like a closing line of the episode. And uh, but he's already got all the power he could possibly want in Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. But what's his real goal in this? His real agenda in this is maybe not the accumulation of power, but is finding his son. Um, and I think that's why he created the curse in the first place. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, There's definitely a connection because now he's in the same world that his son's in, hopefully. Right. He's in the same world, but like everyone else, he was trapped in Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. Now, not only is he no longer trapped in Storybrooke, but he's got magic. So he can actually travel to other realms. So maybe he can go to a Stargate. Sorry, <laughs> 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 I had to do that. <laughs> I mean, one of the mirrors, which mm-hmm. looks like a Stargate, uh, puddle and all, um, and travel into another land about magic and maybe find his son. So I think that sort of propels things, and I think that's going to propel next season to a certain extent, and I think there's going to be the, you know, the love story between Snow White and Prince Charming, uh, exploring that love, and I think that'll be the sweetness and light of the show, and I think the darkness is going to be the revenge and the war between mm-hmm. uh, the Queen and Rumpel. Well, and the Queen became, I mean, she was already kind of a complex character, but towards the end of the season, they really explored some different sides of her. Like, in the finale, they really set some interesting questions up with her, especially in regards to her relationship with Henry. Yeah, because she was really, um, she was like, well, what do you mean? You, she, he ate it. It was for you. And what did you do? And, mm-hmm. and, and she was really, she was really shaken. So, yeah, she does love Henry. She does have love in her. Um, the only thing that kind of rang not quite true with me with the finale, and it kind of bothered me a little bit, although not terribly because this is a fantasy, um, was how quickly Emma allied herself with the Queen for Henry's sake. I mean, it was her fault, right? This wasn't Rump's fault. This was her fault. That's... The Queen, I mean, not Emma's. Yeah, no, and, absolutely. And all of a sudden, there'd be FF. <laughs> Well, I, I think at that point, for me, I guess that wasn't so much as I, I mean, because with Henry's life at stake, you know, yeah. that does kind of fall away the, the other petty concerns. I, I thought it was, I mean, it was definitely disturbing how quickly everyone turned against the Queen. Um, obviously, yeah. Emma's got Henry back uh, yeah. for next season, and I know the Queen's a bad person, but after seeing the other sides of her watching everybody wake up to who she is and seeing her lose her son, her position, her whole world at once really affected me deeply because it left me wanting her with a happy ending too. And her ending for season one was anything but happy. Yes. Yes. It was, it was, although she was pretty happy when Rumpel brought magic back to the world. Yeah. Smile on her face. (laughs) That's true. But that's, yeah, that's a whole nother Oh, I worry what she'll yeah. do to everybody. Yeah, it'll be a, there'll definitely be more battles next season. Yeah, yeah, it'll be an interesting battle, an interesting setup. And where are people going to be allied? You know, who, what are going to be the alliances next season? Mm-hmm. And so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm actually really excited because, <clears throat> um, as you know, um, James, I'm going to Comic-Con mm-hmm. in, uh, in six weeks, I think it is. Um, and I've already set up a one-on-one with, uh, Jane Espenson to sit down and talk with her. And, um, hi Jane, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we just talked yesterday by email and, uh, we're going to sit, I'm going to talk to her about her, her webisode, web series as well, but, um, we'll sit down and do a video interview. I got this really cool, um, new high definition, uh, audio video recorder 
little teeny tiny thing. So I'm really excited to do bunches of interviews, but I already have the first one set up. So yay! Very cool. awesome. Yeah, I've because we talked about that on, on Twitter before. Um, was uh, you? You're like, have you ever been to San Diego Comic Con? I've been. I've been to a comic convention or two, but I've never been to the big one, San Diego, San Diego. I've never been to that one. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and uh, going as press is going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Um, although press doesn't get, I don't think press as it stands gets any. You know, you still have to stand in the lines, and you still have to do all the. Oh yeah. Uh, well, there's there's press so, rooms that apparently you're supposed to go to instead of the panels. Yes. Yeah, so. and I'm going to be like the first in line because I'm the newbie. I mean, I talked to friends of mine who who are covering it for bigger like you know, big TV venues, um, and they're like, yeah, it's really hard to get in the panels, so I'm going to be, and they're all established, so I'm going to get in there and be first in line, and, and I am going to get my interview with Robert Carlyle. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, even if you have to use a little magic. Even if I have to use a little bit of magic, I will uh, I will do that. So and, what uh, what would you give up to Rumpelstiltskin in order to score an interview with Robert Carlyle? Because all oh, magic has its price. That's pretty good. Um, well, it's limited. I am a married woman. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> He's not your, your one exception rule? He's not your hall pass? Uh, yeah, I'll my whole past, yeah. Um, what would I give? I'd give up my, my, uh, I'd give up my iPad 3, so. Oh, man, that's huge. That, that is pretty I think what Rumble could, what could Rumble do with an iPad 3? A lot. So I would give up my iPad 3 to interview Robert Carlyle about a great many things, so not just one. Yeah. He could create apps for that bad boy and make the iPad 3 truly a worthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it already is pretty impressive. But How I'm awesome would that be if I iPad, Apple sponsored season two of Once Upon a Time, and they product integrated the iPad 3 with Rumpel the way Fox shows integrate the cars and the phones and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty sweet. It's like, uh, it's like hello, uh, Peter and, and Fringe, uh, come over here. Oh, check Fringe out my, is... Check out my Sprint phone to find out where the bad guy is. Yeah, and Fringe and like, Bones are really bad about product placement. Like, is, that a, is that a Sprint phone? Yes. Look on the map on the Sprint phone where it's at. Yeah, it's, it's pretty... This car won't let me exit my lane without beeping. Is this a new Kia? <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, but yeah, I want to see Rumple in the iPad 3. Look at this app that I created. Angry Birds! Yeah. Mel, show me how to get Angry Birds. And you know what's great, though, is ABC Studios produces Once Upon a, Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. and uh, Pixar, they already have an in. Oh, okay. Because it's Disney. They already have an in with, with that. I'm just saying it could happen. It, it could. It could. Yep. Uh, let's move on to House because our time is limited this week since there are other things in the podcast. Um, House was the series finale. Series finale. And now that you've yeah. had a week to reflect upon it, uh, what are the biggest impressions, things that stand out for you? Um, well, I'm actually, it's interesting because people have been asking me, where's my final review of the series and of the show? And it's, it's been late in coming. I, I did a review of the, and as did you, by the way, um, I did a review of the show, but I've been really trying to spend a lot of time thinking about the finale in the context of the series. And I've always kind of looked at, and I talk about this in the book a lot, is um, House's journey. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, I'm, I'm actually kind of a, a big adherent of Joseph Campbell's hero. 
um, the hero with a thousand faces, his whole um, framework for looking at fiction and heroic quests from Star Wars all the way, you know, back to Homer. Um, and I thought that the finale was just such a perfect fit. Um, the final, the final leg of a hero's journey is the return back into the real world using the things that they had acquired on this heroic quest to bring back to the world and to, to, to continue with life. And here the finale had really a very, very strong uh, sense of purgatory mm-hmm. with the hellfires burning below and now then around him <clears throat> and really had him on the brink of hell and and in purgatory. And he finishes, he, he, he rescues himself in the end. And what does he bring with? He brings with what he's learned about himself and that he does need to change and he does need to be able to put others ahead of himself, which he's been able to do, but he's been so self-absorbed all his adult life that it's been very difficult for him to see beyond his navel. And finally, here he comes out of this um, self-examination, this most introspective character ever written from the small screen, and what has he accumulated? He's accumulated the knowledge to be able to now really come out of the ashes to rescue Wilson from five months of, of terrible end of life to give something very selfless of himself and to essentially explode his own career and his own life for someone else. Uh-huh. And he's, so he's finally able to come out of himself to be there for someone else fully and completely. Oh, absolutely. So, the, the scene of him riding off in the sunset with Wilson, just amazing. It was brilliant. Yeah. It was brilliant. It's funny because in the book I say, okay, how is this? Because I speculated. So how is the series ultimately going to end? How is his journey going to end? Well, he'd be riding off into the sunset on his motorcycle. <laughs> and I would say, with Cuddy or with Cameron or with Wilson. And um, so I called it. I called it. In 2010, I called it. <laughs> nice. Well, there was a lot of focus among certain fans with the shipper stuff, um, you know, whose house going to end up with. But, you know, a few people stopped to think that at the end of the day, who's been through all of these women with him. And that's what's so perfect. Like House and Wilson have never, either one of them, been able to connect to a woman the way they connect to each other. Uh, right. Not in a sexual way, of course, but... On to, a deep personal level. Right, and to have them be the final couple really felt like such a fantastic payoff. Yeah, and I think it says, um, you know, and there's been a lot made over the years of the bromance between Wilson and House. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I think one of the things that it goes so much beyond the bromance and into the ability on network TV, primetime TV, for there to be a deep, close, not comical, not gay, <clears throat> but deep abiding love between two heterosexual men in a way that's only been explored with, I think, with women before. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really exciting to have the series end that way. Yeah, it was. It definitely felt bold and something a little bit different. And have all those people come back for the finale. I mean, seeing uh, you know 
the the different people as he went through with Cutner and then Amber and then you know Stacy and then uh, Cameron. It was just it really felt like each one got a little bit lighter <laughs> in tone, but it was really great to have all those people back for that final episode. It was, and it's amazing what they fit into forty five minutes. Hmm. I I oh go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. Give us your contrasting opinion. I uh, I wasn't impressed with it. I I was very I was let down by it a little bit because I, if you I agree with everything that you said and but when I was watching it I I understood that's how it was um like if you told me that's how they were going to end it I would have said the exact same thing you said but after watching it I was like oh so that was the end of House and I was very disappointed by it because on paper. I love that entire idea of Wilson and House riding off in the sunset and, and House did change because that's one of his, his big things is everybody lies, everybody dies, uh, cancer is boring, and uh, nobody changed. People don't change because people lie. And I was like, and House did change. House, and you're right, House gave up his own life. It was a very personal sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I guess it... I wasn't, I don't know. I just felt very removed from everything that was going on. And, and I, I watched the episode like, uh, three, I actually watched it three times because I watched it once. And when I got home from work, I watched it. It was really late. And I was like, I don't, wow, I feel nothing about this. Like, I, I mean, it's good. It's an okay. It's a good episode, but it didn't feel like a, what I wanted the finale to get, make me feel like I didn't feel sad or happy, sad. I didn't feel anything. I was just like, Oh, okay. That's the end of house. That's weird because I love I I I really enjoy House, and then I watched the next morning before I wrote my review of it, and um, I, I felt the same way. And then I was like, "That's not a good feeling to have for a finale, at least to me." Because again, I I invest. Matter of fact, I talked Jimmy up on the show. Jimmy bought the show on DVD and never watched it for how long? You have I think seasons. I watched five. I watched five seasons on DVD in one summer. Right, and and wow. this is someone who had watched it from the beginning, and then mm-hmm. I, when I moved out, I lost track a season or two of it. But I was like, Jimmy, you need to watch this. is a fantastic show. And then mm-hmm. I, I just felt, again, on pay, I, I think it was, it was missing something, and it's really hard for me to place what that is. I, I think, and someone commented on on my on my article, it's like uh, there was no sense of finality to it, and I understand that's the point of what they were trying to do, in a way, which is how. House himself is done, but whoever House is going to be now has a new life, and I I get that, but it just felt like there was no sense of finality to it, and it really, I don't know. But we also don't know, sorry, we also don't don't know um, what's going to happen two months from now. We don't know after the closing credits. That's true. Movie. (laughs) At the end of season six, um, which helped me, uh, house was changed, right? He mm-hmm. was rescued by Cuddy, and people speculated all summer as to how long that was going to last, and and you know, is House going to try to be good, and and how, and the same thing with the when he got out of um, Mayfield, you know, and, and broken, um, you know, House has changed. He's going to try. House is always trying to be a better person, right? Um, and we don't know, you know, how long his resolve is going to last. And so, in a way, it ended much like other seasons have ended, only more so. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what house is going to be after it gets really bad for Wilson. We want to hope that he acts like he had a couple of episodes before that, 
you know, caring, and and we know house can be incredibly caring. Right. Um, but on the other hand, we don't know if house is going to completely fall apart, and when Wilson gets really bad, house is just going to fail and off himself. Right. Because and- he, he is not, he is, he, we know now how suicidal he can be. Mm-hmm. He's been suicidal a couple times. Right. And, you know, it was only, it, he always ends up choosing life. But when Wilson is at the end of his life, will he choose life? And we don't know that. So um, that always leaves room for doubt, which is very house. It's very introspective. And I think one of the things that I've missed mm-hmm. out of both season seven, maybe even maybe even during all the relationship stuff with Cuddy, um, but certainly from the middle of season seven on, was the lack of introspective house. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of through season six as well. We didn't see house very introspective. Right. We didn't see him struggling with himself, with his addiction, with his personality, um, with his pain. And we didn't see very much of that struggle. We saw it occasionally. And what I saw the last five episodes of season eight, which made me intensely happy, um, was to see the return to a very thoughtful, introspective house. Absolutely. That final episode was all introspection. Right. And and to me, though, I I think, I guess when I watch a finale, though, I want to feel a certain way after I get done watching it. And for me, whether it be, I just want to feel some sort of emotion, happy or sad or just depressing or something, because, you know, you've can, at least for me, I've, I've been, I've watched the series for, it's, it's probably nine, it's nine years, probably really overall, but it's eight seasons because it's production and all anyway, it probably is eight years, but sometimes shows go on for eight years, but it's really been nine, probably longer. Um, Anyway, I'm rambling. Yeah. Point is, uh, (laughs) Like I, the episode, the penultimate episode, um, holding on mm-hmm. the scene with Hol- Wilson and House in the car. That is that feeling that I got when House walked away and he knew he sort of made the wrong decision, or at least that's why I took away from it. Like he he wants to really be there, but then he did the House move, which is is like you know what, shut the hell up and and face your fears, or I'm not going to help you. And he just got out of the car. And you're going like, oh, my God, he really said that. And as he's walking away, you can see his – as a matter of fact, if Hugh Laurie – we argued on this before, Jimmy, but uh, uh, Hugh Laurie has been nominated before, and it's almost as like a I, – I think PJ said it was more like a pity nomination. Oh, I, I disagree. He's deserved well, some I, nominations well, I, in the past. I agree too, but like the past few seasons, probably not as much as earlier seasons – and I think right. that, oh, this is where we disagree because like the mental hospital and the stuff, I really thought he did great, great. performances the last well, couple no, years. I, 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 well, no, that, that's what I'm saying. I, I thought, no, I didn't think he was pity nomination because okay. I remember you guys both sort of ganged up on me because I was like, John Hamm shouldn't win. I don't, mm-hmm. or whoever won, I think the past few years, I think it was John Hamm. And I was just like, just stop nominating him. I, well, again, that's yeah. another story. Mad Men is another <laughs> thing for me. But, yeah, uh, I was actually. Oh no! I was going to say Hugh Laurie. He, he should he should submit holding on as his episode because that yeah, whole I agree. Uh, the, the walking away from the car, the dinner scene before that. I mean, just yeah. that feeling that I got is what I was trying to get to. Is that that's how I sort of wanted to feel some sort of like almost like oh my god or 
oh, I is overcome with some kind of emotion. I guess that was what I was wanting. And, and I got it from the penultimate, penultimate episode instead yeah. of the finale episode. Well, I mean, the finale episode, in a way, is almost like, I don't want to say an epilogue, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, I always look at House as being a very long visual novel. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a finish to it that is, that um, the finish to it is almost like a like a western, you know, with a with a guy's riding off into the sunset, and you don't really know what the next journey is going to be. Right. And so I didn't have a problem with that. I I didn't. I mean, I I, I really liked that that episode was all about what was in House's head. But I didn't mind that. I agree with you. Holding on mm-hmm. is much more powerful. Um, emotional, I mean, the, the range between mm-hmm. sadness and grief and anger um, and, and House just not being able to understand. You know, ah, he's like, I get up every morning and I am in pain and you know how many times I wanted to end it. And all of that anger of going on and waking up every day and going through all the pain and anguish he does mm-hmm. and not understanding that Wilson is not as able or strong enough to do that, to do the same thing. And not after all these years of Wilson coming down on him for being weak, who's the strong one? Right. You know, who, is, who, who can define for you what is what it means to be courageous? And to me, House has always been courageous as a character. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Wilson didn't measure up at that moment. And he just couldn't understand it. So, so that, the emotion that comes from that, the love, the anger, the anguish, was was incredible. And holding on, I think, was yes, I absolutely agree that holding on should be the episode that you submit for the Emmys. And by the way, mm-hmm. I, people kept asking me, you know, when the Screen Actors Guild Awards nominations came out and the Golden Globe Awards nominations came out, well, where was Hugh Laurie? You know, why didn't didn't he? Or you know, when, when the awards came out. Well, shouldn't Hugh Laurie have won? I'm like, he should have been nominated. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I and I don't think he was for Golden Globe. Yeah, I. Now. Hopefully next year that but will be Emmy corrected. He deserves, an Emmy he deserves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Next year for sure. Yeah, and I think he absolutely this year deserves an Emmy, and I think it would be terrible for him not to be nominated. I think we're about out of time for this part of the show, but we'd like to thank you for joining us and offering your expert opinion on a couple of great series that's right and uh, if you'd like to check out uh, if you want a direct link to get uh, barbara's book i'll have links in the show notes and i also have articles for all our reviews on the corresponding shows or our, our just general article hubs because uh, i know barbara writes articles for once upon a time and house i'll have a direct link so you can read all her articles in, in the archive same with jimmy as well and uh, Barbara, thank you once again for doing the show. We greatly appreciate it. Fun. I always enjoy being on the air with you guys. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was a lot of fun having Barbara on. That was, uh, even though I called her Barb, I feel like an ass, but. You should. I know, I should. But we got a lot of other stuff we need to talk about. So again, we thanks do? to Barbara. We do. Um, oh, okay. I thought that was it. No. Oh. oh really? We, we're going to end with that? I don't oh, know. No. We, apparently, we don't know <laughs> no, what we're doing. I'm just messing with you. Oh, my God. I'm pretending like we have no other topics. Oh. But of course we do. We, we, so, hi, Barbara. We just rushed you off the phone. No. no. Uh, we, there's a lot of – there was some – we missed last week, like Big Bang Theory, but um, – well, 
I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. The Big Bang Theory was um, big. It ended with a bang. At least that's my theory. Yeah, I uh, did you did, now? Did you catch the cameo appearance of uh, the real astronaut? N- well, n- yeah, him. But I'm talking. About- <laughs> yeah, that's no big deal. They just had a real NASA astronaut. Whatever. Well, I, see but- him, I see him all the time on Craig Ferguson. So oh, I don't, okay. Yeah, because he because Craig likes NASA. Like he mm-hmm. loves. Yes, he has him on the show all the time. Even when he's not doing sitcom stuff, he's, uh, yeah, he has him on just to talk. And to the him. cosmonaut was the guy from Bent. Yes, in it case was. You didn't catch that. Oh, I did catch that. But, I figured uh, you would, but I love our that. listeners out there may not have caught it. Well, yes, yeah, but I uh, no, uh, uh, Wallowitz's mom. You saw her. You, I freeze framed and like whatever, and you couldn't see anything. Okay, because on the roof. That's yeah. what that's what Pretty says. Like if you pay attention, she and Bernadette Peters is uh, her mom too. If you look as it zooms out, there are two figures on the roof. I freeze framed and slowed it down and got like the best frame I could, and you still couldn't see shit. I doubt they even cast an actor. It's probably somebody knows somebody that's work. Well, it could be CGI because the rest of that shot had CGI in it. Either that or it was some person in the production that just put on a hat and a dress. It could have even been a guy because it was from the overhead. You can't see. Mm -hmm. And just sat there in a chair. I mean, you didn't see a face. You didn't see. Well, no, you're not going to see a face. No, because to do that would be a disservice. It's like if they showed Maris and Frazier. You're just not going to do that. Didn't they show Maris and Frazier? No, they never showed Maris and Frazier. Never. Okay. And you never even heard her either. But um, because what about Bernadette's mom? Why didn't we see her? We saw her dad. I don't, I don't know. It's that, one of those things. that was, I thought they just hadn't cast the actress they wanted yet for that. So I, Honestly, uh, Chuck Lorre is one of those things where it's like, if we don't need the other character, we just don't put them in the show. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, at this point, we would have seen Penny's mom. Penny's, we should have seen Penny's dad much sooner because, you know, Penny's dad has visited before. Right. But it wasn't only until that one time where she's like, it's a plot point, which is, oh, hey, my dad still thinks we're dating, so now we got to talk. Or now you got to meet him. And it's just like, wait, he's been in before. You've even said, yeah, anyway. But um, I, it was okay. I mean, uh, there's other personal reasons why I didn't really find the episode as... All the Howard stuff with the flashback framework story I thought was stupid. I'll just say it right out. Well, it here's the thing. Unless it's with Leonard or Sheldon... And I mean, no disrespect to the characters of Wallowitz or Raj. Or, mm-hmm. it, they just work not, better as supporting characters. They really do work better as supporting characters. And if maybe it was an hour-long episode where there was more stuff between Leonard and Sheldon mixed in there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I like – because, look, I, I'm one of the people that love Wallowitz and Raj, and I like more stories with them. But it's like they don't know really what to how to handle them. Right, I agree. And the saving grace of those storylines was really Bernadette, um, who – well, for me anyways, I – I guess I don't know. I it was a, some of it was okay, but I, I guess it wasn't as funny. And again, there's other reasons why I just didn't find it that amusing. But um, that really have nothing to do with the show. But uh, I, I just um, I don't know. It wasn't when I was watching it. It wasn't as funny as I was wanting it to be. Mm-hmm. Now I will say the thing that made the episode worth it, though, um, that sort of trumps the everything. Final scene. The final scene where they're all holding was hands. Amazing. And uh, the title card too. Did yeah, the, yeah. Where he's like, I hope you have someone that you can hold hands with too, because that's. Oh, it was. It was yeah, probably it one of the made most me, It almost made me cry reading the title card. I know, and it made everything that came before, like the stuff that I was like, wow, this isn't funny. This isn't as entertaining to me for some reason, made it all worth it. Oh, yeah, it redeemed itself in the last minute. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't impressed with it either. And, uh,. Until you get to that end. And then that was one of the best scenes the show's ever done. When Sheldon grabbed Amy's hand, yeah. I about lost it. 
Yeah, it was. Really I mean, when Leonard and Penny held hands, that was really sweet, and I was like, "Oh, that's nice." That's awesome. And when Bernadette grabbed Raj's hand, I'm like, "Oh, that's yeah. cool." But then when yeah, Sheldon, Sheldon grabbed, grabbed Amy, Amy and not the other one, because I thought right. Amy was going to grab Sheldon's and oh yeah, no, one. absolutely. That just it it definitely tells you they're going somewhere with Sheldon and Amy, and I know they need to be slow about it because that's what works for the natural progression of the characters. And I'm not complaining at how slow they're taking it. I feel like it needed to be that way. Oh yeah, but, it makes sense. But uh it tells you that there's a plan there and that they're going somewhere that it's right. not just going to stall forever. Exactly. Which I, which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I was, yeah, I felt the same way. Uh, we also, I did now the suburgatory was last week or was that the same time as big bang? I think it was, well, I mean, it's not on the same night as big bang, but well, no, no, I, yeah. no, I'm no when it aired. Yeah. Suburgatory wasn't this past week. It was, pr- it, was it was prior totally to when we recorded. It. We just didn't talk about it because we had so much to talk about. We did. Yeah. We ran out of time. And I, I honestly, I didn't watch the show. So did you not watch the show at all or just the finale? I no. I, I watched, I watched the first four episodes and then I touched back on it. Uh, I think one or two more episodes and it just wasn't it's not it's one of those things it's kind of like 30 rock mm-hmm. i was saying about 30 rock in, in the last episode which is it's not a bad show um it's just not one i can get into mm-hmm. or let me put it away there's nothing there that it's like a modern family which uh, we'll talk about it. my feeling on that is the same way which is it's a funny show there's some heart to it but there's not enough there anymore to keep me coming back week to week you know if i have if i have 30 minutes to kill mm-hmm. and i want to watch it I will watch it, but I... I I would disagree with that characterization of Modern Family, but for Suburgatory, I could see that. I mean, when it first started, I had trouble getting into it. And in the middle of the season, I got really into it because it kind of found its stride. Mm -hmm. But then towards the end of the season, it started to get stale for me. Um, And the finale, I'm trying to remember if it was the Mother's Day episode... I think it Might was, have been. wasn't it? Because that's when I her think mom came back, right? Um, I think it was the Mother's Day. No, her mom did not come back. Uh, or, or they thought she she thought she did, right? No. that's how the promos made it out. No, not at all. Um, okay. The plot with Tessa's mom was that uh, George is dating Alicia Silverstone now. And right. she was living with them. And she kept pressing George and Tessa, like, Tessa's got to have some feelings about not having a mom because the whole town rolls out the red carpet for Mother's Day. It's the biggest event in town. Like Anna Gastire, they dressed her Cinderella and put her in a, a like, carriage going down the street. It right. was crazy. Um, and Tessa kept saying, no, and fine. And George kept saying, I know my daughter. She's fine. She doesn't need... But the fact of the matter is, it did bother Tessa a little bit. But that wasn't the reason Tessa would even consider, like, leaving George. It, she decided to move away from George just because... It in suburbia, suburgatory. It just wasn't what she wanted out of life. It wasn't where she wanted to be. And so the episode ended with her grandmother. Um, Tessa wanted to leave with her grandmother. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, George did get very caught up in the relationship with Alicia Silverstone, who ended up being a crazy nut. And I'm assuming she'll be gone by next season. Right. I mean, she'll have to come back because she has to have Wash's baby. Or not Wash. What's his name on that show? Yeah, I, <laughs> Alan Tudyuk's character. Oh, I, so I always cheated, think of him as Wash. No, 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 no. He, um, they have a surrogate. 
Oh, see, I missed that. Uh, I watched okay. the episode where they got together and then broke up at the end and they got together. No, no, him and his wife, it. Jill, his wife, they yeah. are back together solidly. Uh, they went through a surrogate to have a baby. And Alicia okay, Silverstone's see, I missed that the surrogate. Whole plot point then. Uh, and then there was a huge arc where George was dating her before he found out that she was the surrogate. Okay. And then Alan Tudyk got pissed off because he didn't want George's penis touching his baby. And... That yeah. was a whole source of conflict between them. Okay. Um, but no, no, no. There was no cheating. Um, she was staying with Alan Tadjik's character and Jill. And then they were too overbearing, so she moved in with George because she was going to move home. And George was like, no, live with me, even though they haven't been dating that long, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, I don't know. That's the whole overzealous plot that I started to get stale for me. And the finale when... Alicia Silverstone's character went over to Jill and Alan Tudyk's house. I still can't remember Alan Tudyk's character name. How okay. terrible is that? Because yeah. um, I saw That's every episode of the season. Yeah. I love Alan Tudyk. I, the character name just doesn't Oh, I can stick watch that, me. man. Matter of fact, that was one, he was one of the main reasons why I right. watched the show. And he played more heavily into that final arc. I just didn't care for the arc. And she went over to their house, and they had the baby nursery all decked out in furs and dead animal pelts and just – Really, it looked, they did it in like a uh, African safari hunter theme, and she's like environmental hippie nut, so she flipped seeing all that stuff. And there was like a loaded gun and everything. I mean, it was bad what they'd done, and it wasn't at all safe for the baby. Like the crib was made out of tusks, which I'm sure were sharp on the end. And I mean, it was bad. And so she flipped, and I was like, "Yeah, that's fine. She should just go away." And then when they have the baby, they'll send it to him. You okay. know? Although I assume there'll probably be some plot where she tries to keep the baby from falling into their hands. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. It was good, not great. Um, I'm kind of glad it's got a second season because I want them to figure some stuff out about the plot. And they did have a nice uh, surprise when the wo- girl that used to be on. R- Weeds, that is the daughter on the show of Chris Parnell and Anna Gasteyer's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, for several episodes, has been thinking she's been adopted, and she's been trying to prove it. It's her brother. And it's her brother that's actually adopted, right. And so that explains a lot of why her parents dote on him more, perhaps, you know, because they had to work harder to get him or whatever. Maybe there's some other story there. We don't know. Well, they don't want him to feel left out. Right. I don't know. We don't know. We haven't we seen know. the circumstances surrounding right. the adoption. And see, I liked, her, I liked her character, but every time I would watch it, Lisa. Really, Lisa. But yes. it would always be about George. And, and I don't know. It just wasn't – again, it, was, it wasn't bad. It, it just wasn't – Yeah, know. George has kind of lost himself in suburbia, and that's the disappointing thing. Yeah. Like he's lost who he is. I mean, I really like Tessa. I really like some of the supporting characters, Chris Parnell and a guest dyer. Oh, yeah. I, Alan Tudyk. But, yeah, it's and, – and, you know, I like Dallas. Anytime they do George and Dallas is really good. The problem is they didn't want to put them together too quickly, so it feels like they're forcing a lot of stuff to stretch out that right, story. And, just, and I know Dallas and her husband just broke up. Jay Moore. Right. Yeah. A few episodes ago. but And so there does have to be some time, but the whole thing is just – I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Not a bad show. No disrespect to anybody in it. I will watch it again next season. But I'll I'll give it a shot again. But it was one of those, that was one of those things where I already deleted it from my thing, and because mm-hmm. I do at least try to go back to the finale if I can and watch it. Like I did finally watch Thirty Rock, but I mean I just there was so much other stuff to watch, and I I just didn't want to. But I didn't want to commit to it immediately. And same thing was with Suburgatory, and I just forgot about taping it again. So uh, Modern Family was. Really good episode. I mean, I feel like Modern Family consistently delivers really good episodes. And that's what disappoints me about your ambivalence towards it because it is still one of the funniest parts of my week. 
I guess, I, I guess it's just, it's, it's, it's like, well, I, I, in my review and is what my ambivalence is, is like, it's not a bad show in any way whatsoever. It delivers the goods constantly. But when I watch it, I just feel I'm laughing, but I'm also a little bit bored. I don't really care about, cause the character, the care, there is no, they try to do sort of an arc this season with, uh, Claire running for the council and all that. Yeah. And, and that, well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the characters themselves, you know, at the end of every episode, it's all going to work out that there's going to be some hilarious stuff along the way, but they're family and that's it. There is no, there is no real drama. Well, I and just I, like, I mean, that is such a talented cast of characters, including the kids on that show, all the kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, that it, for me, it's all about watching them play together. And they're always doing different combinations of characters together. Um, and that is very rewarding. For instance, in the finale, it was Jay with his granddaughter Lily for a large portion, something we hadn't seen. Right. And Ed O'Neill has been consistently delivering some awesome scenes. Oh, yeah. And the way we got to see him as a caring grandfather was fantastic. Of course, no, I don't doubt that at all. I See, that's the thing. I don't disagree with any of that. Right. It's just that at the end of the day, I just felt like I could be watching something else right now that I would feel like, because like the whole time I'm laughing. Yeah. I'm dying laughing and like I'm, I'm feeling heartbroken like with, with, with the stuff with Lily and Jay. Yeah. It was a little sad. And then um, oh, Mitchell and Cam, Mitchell oh, and Cam that was thing, so good. That was good too. And like I, I felt really bad for them. Like mm-hmm. when Mitchell just he he just like I can't do this anymore. But he'd been the one holding it together. And I don't know. I that and the fact that they did the whole Mexican soap opera thing with the parallels, but not getting ridiculous about it. Yeah, that they got the heart in there too. I enjoyed I, that. It was it was funny, but like I, I guess I I was just like, look, I I just. I don't know. See, that's something. It's really hard for me. It's it's like describing The Simpsons to people who've watched it for years, which is eh, it's still funny. It's still good. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. feel that. Well, I, not anymore. But like about five years ago, people would say it's still one of the best shows on television. It's just sort of old hat to me now, I guess. And it, they, they don't. They're not doing anything to it excites me when I watch it. What about Gloria being pregnant? That's going to change all of the dynamics on the show. Because it is, because Manny is the step-sibling of Claire and Mitchell, and that hasn't played up that much. They mention it occasionally, but it really hasn't been a part of the show. But this baby, I feel like because it's Jay's natural-born child, Mm -hmm. it will be Claire and Mitchell's younger sibling in a way that Manny isn't because he kind of came into the family. And so I feel like that's going to shake their dynamics up. It's going to shake up Manny, of course. It's going to shake up Gloria and Jay because I feel like Jay is a great grandfather. And I do feel like he was a caring father. We've seen glimpses of that, the Disney World episode we saw, like where he he decided to stay with his wife. Right. Right. But I feel like he's really figured out how to be a great parental figure in Manny's life. And – Correcting the mistakes he made right. with the other kids. Even though he was trying with the other kids. But no, yeah, no, there's right. mistakes. Well, you, so now he's in the best position to be a father, but he's probably past the point where he wants, wants to, to be, be again yeah. with a baby. Sure. So I feel like that's going to – I mean I, I imagine they're going to stretch the pregnancy out to at least February sweeps, if not May. Probably. But um, I feel like that's going to give the show some type of shock and this is kind of reset sure. the dynamics. Um. 
Apartment, the, the, the bitch in apartment. Don't trust, trust the, the bee, bee in apartment, apartment 23, 23. Uh, which ABC has cowardly gone with B instead of bitch. Yeah, I, yeah. I, oh, I did write that in my review, the cowardly titled, and then I was like, you know, I'm trying to make connections at networks to get screeners and stuff, and I took the word cowardly out, which was me being cowardly. And so then you put it back into this podcast. Right. Then, way to go, Jimmy. So that's my way of trying not to be so cowardly, because I should have just said it like I thought it. Yeah. So, um, what is then? Uh, what were your thoughts on? Because I've 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 been saying my thoughts first. What are your thoughts on "Don't Trust the Bitch" in Apartment Twenty Three? Um, well, since that show doesn't exist, unfortunately. Oh God. No. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. Uh, my thoughts are: I I like the show. I don't love the show yet, but I can see that I might love it down the road, depending on what they do with the characters. I feel like they haven't found a clear direction yet. Right. I love James Vanderbeek's James Vanderbeek. And I really liked his interactions with Dean Kane. And the Dancing with the Stars just seems ripe for mining. So I hope it's a plot through the fall. Because we haven't actually seen him competing on the show yet. Right. So I feel like that could keep going for at least six episodes in the fall. And I really love Kristen Ritter's character. And I like that we started to peel back the layers a little bit in this episode when she got jealous of June. Uh-huh. I'm still not a fan of June. Thank you. I, I just do not. Ca- oh my god! I feel- and I'm not a fan of the creepy neighbor. Oh, and see, not- I love Eli. Uh, he's okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm not. Uh, and well, both creepy neighbors because the Asian girl. I'm not a fan Robin. of either one of those. I love Robin. Now, oh, see, I like Robin. I, I like I- not love them. Well, see, that, I think that's well. Okay, Vanderbeek is the only character that I love. Like oh, I 100 love. Like anytime Who- he lets up on the screen. Yeah, but. That's the thing is that I think they 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 have they have a problem which is uh, the writers have have a problem which is their B squad is so much better than their A squad, and I not their A squad just June. No, I I I really honestly I consider the A squad to be the, the three the, 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 the no I t- I consider them to be the titular bitch and and June, titular the titular 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 uh, whatever. It just sounds better to me if you say titular. Never, no, it doesn't. I know, titular. But see, then it sounds dirty. I guess, but that's the word. Titular, because they're girls and they have tits. I, I understand, but that's I the know, word. but that really bothers me. Titty, <laughs> okay. Titty. I, I consider it the three. I consider it James, Chloe, and uh, June. I think by the end of the, the first season, it was James. But uh, to me, I don't think you that was... You thought ever. James was supporting? Yeah, because there were some time. Well, no, if you think about it, there I think were he was some, intended to be supporting, but I think... They realize that he was. That's what I'm saying. Right. Because they that's said why they still consider- greatly expanded the role when they got James Vanderbeek. Well, no, I, and I get that. And I think that a lot of people, like, well, he was- he let, but let, I look at him as the leader of the B squad. Now, granted, he might be the A squad. I, he, he, again, he was promoted to the, you can tell he was. Here's why I disagree with the assertion that he's B squad. Uh, he has his own driving plots in the show. None of the other B-Squad do. They're all there to support the plots of the main characters. They can have plots, though, that interact with the characters. They have plots that interact, but they don't drive their own story. James Vanderbeek will have his own scenes without the girls that drive the story. The other supporting characters do not have I'm going by the basis of how the show was initially, and and I still feel this way. Um, again, by season finale, yeah, he was a, a main character, but I don't think that was the intention. It never was the intention, really, of the show. Not really. I thought it was, but... No, I, I didn't. Um, we shall agree to disagree. That's fine. Uh, that's what's great about being a TV critic. Woo! You can have different, different opinions. opinions. Woo! Uh, 
No, I, I just and I just think that the side characters are way more. Matter of fact, I would just rather see a show of just uh, of Chloe, the the, the titular bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds dirty. Can't say like that it. giggling, can you? I can't. Eighth <laughs> grade girl, <laughs> boy. I mean, yeah. Um, the titular bitch, Chloe. <laughs> I Vander think you're Beek. making it sound more like titty on purpose. No, I really don't. No. Titular. There's like a ch sound. Titular. titular. The titular. See, it sounds Except the ch plays out a little. Shut no. up. Okay, just okay. drop the titular. Thank you. Uh, the, that character, Chloe, Vanderbeek, Eli, and Robin, to me, are way more interesting than combined. Matter of fact, Mark is way more interesting. Uh, her ex-boss is way more interesting than actual June. Agree. And, and, and the thing is, is that Dreamer Walker, who plays June, she's not bad. It's just the right. It's not. It's not her. I want to be very clear on this. It's not her because she is trying to make the character work. And what the character does work, it's I would say mostly because of her performance mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. It's but it's not the writing. Like it's not at all. Like matter of fact, I, if they could take her character out writing wise, I would mm -hmm. not feel, you know. I, I think she needs to be the straight man that the craziness is going on around her. But at the same time, they're kind of writing her in zany situations. And that kind of kills the straight man tone to it. Right. So that's where I see, feel the disconnect. I felt if they just left her as a straight man, it would play better. Right. Even though it, I, she does do the broad comedy well. So... And I see where they're going with the character development and making her do like... Oh, yeah. She's fallen in with the popular girl and now she's acting crazy. But I'm hoping that she'll be reined back in in later seasons and be more the straight man to the crazier people. Yeah, I I, I will watch it next season. But mm -hmm. again, oh, absolutely. I will probably, you know, I'll probably, if I don't, if I'm not impressed with the first episode back, mm -hmm. I might stop, go back a few more episodes and do it that way. Because, there, you know what I mean? To me, I don't, I don't want to waste my time. Nate You're going to treat it like suburgatory. A little bit, yeah, which is, it, it can be funny. But, like, like, the thing, okay, I'm a big comic book nerd. I, Are you? Really? I know. Um, that whole ending to me, I, I know somewhere that was probably funny to someone, but I just thought, I was like, this is really cool art, but this is sort of falling flat for me, which is, that's the, the whole tall thing. bitch, or tall slut, no panties. Tall slut, no panties comic book. Yeah. Which, with, with June, right. girl who talks about bowling and, and tall slut, no panties. I was just like, uh I just this should be funny to me and Dave Crumholtz, by the way. Yeah, I saw. and I love Crumholtz. I'm a big fan of Crumholtz. I've now come to realize because apparently I am just intrigued by whatever he's in. Ever he's just done another sitcom too, it, it's almost unrecognizable. Uh, As a guest spot. Oh, uh, he played the blind guy in uh, yes. Hope. Uh, yes, that's yes. the one I was Raising thinking Hope. of. Yeah, because he's the one that hits the the, mm. the anyway. But yeah, I was just like, man, I I think that they put him in there to possibly come back next season, and if he didn't get anything, but he got a season pickup for his series. Uh, Nate, uh, no, based on the guys who created Will and Grace and oh, or yeah. How I Met Your Mother. Well, it's one of those two okay. where one's gay and one's straight, and they live together and they're writers. Okay, it's we'll about see their if life. That happens. Well, no, no, it it, it well, got picked up by right, CBS. but it could be canceled after three episodes. Oh, you never true. know. That's my that's what I'm saying. I like yeah. the character enough that I would like him to see more of that. But okay. again, I digress. Um, Okay, let's, uh, yeah, let's talk about, let's get our Dukes out for this one. Our Dukes out? Yeah, our Dukes. You know what? Because you know what? Eisenhower was a sissy. I'm going Dr. Cox okay. on you here. Well, uh -oh. we're talking about Glee. We're talking about Glee. We should preface that. And, preface that, yeah. Which is uh, a show I like, but I have some issues with. And after a pitch-perfect Nationals episode that was amazing, 
the finale was very mediocre. Really? Because yeah. I went back and I went back and watched the episodes I missed, mm-hmm. and including Nationals, and I wasn't impressed by any of them. And, and again, there were moments of brilliance, but then it just felt like for every step they were trying to go forward, they would go five steps. I'm not doing two steps. I'm not saying that right now. They went five steps back. Like the whole beast, skin, uh, like again, I'm because I'm catching up. The beast getting beat, but I'm like that depressed me. But that's it gave the Dory Jones such great meaty performance. And again, material. and again, moments of brilliance. But in context of what 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 we've known about the, it just felt. I I it just I it thought drove it me felt cra- fine for her character. I, just, I was just, just disappointed me, they did it. It drove me crazy, and I um, just and except for her getting to play that. Yeah. Well, no. Again, the the actors are generally mm. okay. This is not a slam. I yeah. anytime I. I'm more get nitpicked about, especially with Glee, is the writing and uh, and that, that which is very inconsistent. It They'll is. do awesome episodes and then terrible episodes back to back. Yeah, I mean it's and in the final four, like prom was a, a really bad episode, and then they did a pretty decent one, and then they did nationals, which I thought was one of their best, mm-hmm. and then the finale was very mediocre. Um, I liked some of the stuff they were doing. I really swore to God that Sam was a senior. I thought Artie was too, and then I went back and I'm like, well, maybe Artie wasn't a senior, but I swear to God, Sam was. I thought so too, and unless he because he left, he he quit school for a year. Yeah, no, he didn't Are quit you? for a year. He just moved to Kentucky, and I thought they were bringing him back to do his senior year, but I didn't have time to watch that episode to hear them say that for sure. But I, don't I swear, him talking but about it was such what struck me about the finale was looking at the two groups, the ones that are graduating and the ones that aren't. Yeah. The group that's graduating has so much more talent than the one that's not. And it really worries me about next season. Now, I know they're not dropping any of the characters. Everybody's coming back, but not all main. Like, I assume Santana and Quinn and Puck won't be in it that much. But uh, whereas um, uh, Finn and Rachel, Rachel and Kurt Porter. will be in it a lot um, as main characters, I, I think. Right. Which, you know, we'll have to wait next year and see. Um, but the B squad, I guess the B squad, I would like to say, and people are attacking me for insulting Artie and Tina because of how fantastic they are. I don't see it. I think their characters are boring. Uh, some of Artie's musical performances have got me excited, like way back in season one, the safety dance. But for the most part, Artie's stuff falls flat. And I can't think of a single song that Tina's ever performed that I liked. Yeah, like in terms of being remember, uh, being memorable, mm-hmm. I will agree with you on that. And now, in terms of story, I think Artie does have a minor interesting story, which is the whole wanting to be a director sometimes. And, sometimes. But again, it, it doesn't play up as well as anyone else's. And um, I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. Like I don't. Well, people got on me for just nitpicking every little thing on when I on my review, and I'm like, I'm not nitpicking every little thing. These are very valid concerns. And again, I like some of the thing. It's like this episode. If this episode had been every episode around the time I started g- getting frustrated again, because season three renewed my vigor in, in the show, and then somewhere started along, it started great. off great, yeah. and then somewhere along the line, it just went gone. Okay, it, it, honest, I swear to God, this is how I feel when in the writers' room. Mm-hmm. Falchek and Murphy were like, you know what, we're getting a lot of heat. Um, and we wanted to do this anyway. Let's finally get some writers in here. They brought writers in there, mm-hmm. and the writers. They, 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 they made change. Change is good. Change is, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, Murphy and Falchuk are coming and going. Ah, let's start. Let's. Let, this is our show. Let's have a little bit more. You know, we don't want to keep doing that. Let's. And so they. I feel that they got a little hands off. Still oversaw things. Mm-hmm. 
almost like George Lucas. They George Lucas did a little bit, which is, or they Britted it uh, for community fans, um, which is George Lucas in the first, he did Star Wars, very hands-on, was a big hit. Empire and Jedi, Empire especially though, he backed the fuck off. And then the new ones, he got all up in that shit. Murphy and, and, and no one like have two other shows on the air now that are going to be right. So hopefully if they will that's get back. The reason, yeah, that hopefully they will they back will. off again, right? Because well, because remember, another, you know what? This is a good point. Mm-hmm. American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Maybe that first half was them working on American Horror oh. Story, and the last half was them getting and back involved. And they did a brilliant American Horror Story. It did not have the weak points that Glee has. That whole first season was terrific. That's mm-hmm. um, I don't agree with that, but okay. uh, but that's fine. Uh, in terms of Glee, though, I, I just – it really made me – because that's the thing is that if you look – look, it's like what I was saying with Barbie. If you look on paper, everything they did in that finale was good. But when you actually see it played out with everything that's come before it, it did not measure up well, to – The end with Finn sending Rachel away on the train just – I don't know. It didn't sit right with me. It didn't sit right with me either, but in terms of – And where the hell the were perform- Rachel's dads during that whole – This is – I told you this would happen, and it bugged the fuck out of me. Always bugs the fuck out of me when they do shit like this. Mm-hmm. That if you show the dads, you better make sure they're fucking there – it kind of bothered me once they showed them that they hadn't been there that whole time. But they had. We've never seen them. And that's why I'm saying. Been. That's why I'm saying. They should have been because exactly. those two characters and the role they play in Rachel's life and to make Rachel who she is, they should have been very hands-on dads like they were the couple of times we saw them. I know. Exactly. And it, it just it rang it – made, it made those episodes ring false. Right. Where Finn's mom and, and Kurt's dad have been great there. Exactly. finale. Yeah. Parts. I mean, Kurt's dad doing the single ladies was oh, yeah. awesome. Well, I think my – now, see, that I, – I complained in my review mm. was that um, I thought some of the musical numbers were just – they were just wasteful of time. They could be spent doing other things. That is not one of those sequences. No. I thought that was a, a good use of flat. Of, and of, I liked the, the rock and the boat thing too. And I thought that's where they would – You caught that the and episode. that was very clever. I didn't, I don't, I didn't remember that. They actually showed – the interspersed scenes from the first episode and then this. It was the very first song the, like, five of them sang before I thought even... it was just a weird, them just looking back at the memory no, thing. That no, was that the was pilot. them showing mm-hmm. the actual them singing. See, I didn't know that they, until I saw your review. I was like, oh, they did sing that in the yeah, pilot. Yeah, and then with the gloves and everything. Yeah, and Will was flashing back. And, and I, well, I got after the After that back, and but... Single Ladies, I thought that's where they were going with the whole episode. And, they and had they stuck with that, I Might think it would have been really good. Right, exactly. And I think that would have been fine. I, I, and actually, I would have been a little bit more like, oh. And see, I'm a big, I, I'm a supporter of Corey Monteith. 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 Ah, uh, he is killing it with the acting at the end of the season. Right now, because even though I agree with you, it felt a little false what he was doing, even mm-hmm. though I know, like, being the Mr. Nice Guy, that's what I would fucking do too. No, I saw your review. And yeah, he was he not a strong it. actor to me when the show started. And he has been nailing it lately. He has. And I, I think that, um, I, 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 and I hope people put, I, now granted, his singing, dancing, I, I I don't think he's, he's gotten a lot better. He's I don't think but that's things I don't think he was so horrible that you no. should just hate him. Now compared to no. Rachel Berry, the you know Liam Liam Michelle, go fuck yeah. Well, that's the hard part about that character is he has to be paired with her so much, and she already is so amazing. Right. That it, no matter how great you are, most people by comparison aren't going to measure gonna, up. And that, and I get that, but yeah. I, I think a lot of people do just shit all over him for everything. And yeah. I and I, I but I guess even in the beginning I was just like. I actually like Finn. He's one of the things, reasons why I keep watching the oh, show. The scene between him and Will, where Will finally confessed to the marijuana. 
Another great I've callback. Always, I've always hated that. I've always complained great, about that yeah. too. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, and he just where was this? Off. Where was this show? Mm-hmm. And honestly, Sue's goodbye to Quinn that was, was wonderful. And that was one. The, like, see, that's I'm what gonna made miss me. you. I don't see why. I love that line where Jane Lynch said, "You know, I don't know why you're gonna miss me, but thanks." No, because right. I, I see why it. Quinn's. I see why Quinn is gonna miss her. Oh, I but I also see why Sue would think nobody would. And, and I, and I, and I see. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. This again. The problem with Glee is that it has brilliance in little moments, mm-hmm. but in terms of equaling up, strung together for a full show or full episode. It fails. Well, I'm really glad they're not doing the spinoff because I, I can't see how two hours of it oh, would have helped anybody rating-wise, creativity-wise. I would shoot myself if I had to watch that. So, because, but, and, and, but I kind of feel like they should just skip the next year, even though that doesn't give those other characters their graduation story, mm-hmm. if they want to use the whole cast, and catch up with everybody where they are after high school next year. Yeah, but it's not. That, no, it's not. Yeah, it, this it falls into the same problem that the office has, which is it's making too much money for everyone involved. Um, and, or it's one of the, you know, granted, it's been slipping in the ratings a little bit, but I don't think it, like it, every other show, right? Well, yes, but Glee was a powerhouse there for yeah. for a bit this season, and then it, it stopped being. Look at American powerhouse. Idol; it's not well, number one on television that's anymore. A, well, that's been on for ye- I'm not longer than way longer than Glee has. Yes, but. Glee, by what it is, is going to have a shorter lifespan than American Idol. Mm. It is. Glee's not going on 10 years. No way. Well, God, I hope. No way. Uh, Next year's going to be a real make it or break it. If their new experiment with what they're doing doesn't really work, next year's going to be it. Well, I now see, I won't even, I'm not even going to watch next year. Oh, I will definitely. I, I'm not because that, that's where I really. And that, and that's but, well, I well, yeah, you well, that's different though. You're not, yeah. you're not. I'm not writing Glee economics, which is that's what true. you, which is what you are. Um, uh, no, I, I think next year is going to be very transitional, and it could go either way. It could end up being great and really refresh the show, or it could be horrible and they could be done by May. And what, what really, I, and I think that's what I took away from the episode, which is. I've, I graduated with them, which is uh, I grad. So the, when those students left McKinley High, graduated from McKinley High, I graduated from being anyone who could ever really respect the show, and and be someone who would actively want to watch the show. Like if I do watch the show, it'll only be to write a review of it. It will not be because I want to find out what happens with Finn and Rachel and all the gang from McKinley High because I care about. I don't care about the characters anymore. Like I will still get emotionally because I I used to care a hundred. I used to. Matter of fact, the whole episode at the beginning of season three, this season uh, with uh, uh, who's the Asian kid? Um, Mike Chang. Mike Chang. That just for some reason just got me in the heart. Like mm-hmm. it was like it's like they stabbed me a few times right in the front, and I was like, "Oh, bleeding! It was emotional. Good episode." I just, but I just, I just, I realized watching it as like as for as much like the scene with Sue, I almost teared up. The stuff with Finn just knocking out of the park, even though I felt thought it felt a little false. I just realized I didn't care anymore. Mm-hmm. And the show had did such a good job of alienating me from the fan base that it's really going after, which is you and other people. Um, I'm not in that fan. I've, I just realized that this is not my show. It started off as my show, but then the writer realized, like, you know what? The people that, like Nick, who want to watch the show for that reason, we're not going to write it for them anymore. And at that point, I said, you know what? School's over for me. I'm graduating. I'm going to college. I'm going to watch Game of Thrones. 
<laughs> or some other better show. If, uh, if you're going to compare something no, as no, the no, next step of I evolution, know. I would say Smash <laughs> is the college version. Co- oh, oh, God. It is. It's more sophisticated I, version of Glee. Mm. It's not the same show at all. No, I, well, I was just trying to say any better show, any okay. a lot better show. Smash doesn't I would have not consider Smash to be the greatest show on television. No, not at all. Like, I watch every and episode I'm, being constantly surprised. Like, like, in a lot of ways, oh I like Glee better God. than Smash. I don't think they're the same thing at all. No. I'm just saying that if you're looking for a more ch- mature, sophisticated version of Glee to parallel your high school to college metaphor, yes, that yes, Smash is the college yes, to hi- yes, Glee's high school. Yes, I, I see what you did there. <laughs> Whereas Game of Thrones is... Uh, I was just trying to I go for know. any amazing show that Something is just like, different. I watch it and I, every episode I'm like... Oh my God! What's yeah, going to happen Yeah, that's Game of Thrones now? for me. That's Walking Dead for me. Walking that's Dead, AMC and HBO for the most yeah. part. Homeland on Showtime, which I'm going to get caught up on this we summer. Me too. Yeah. And I'm going to get caught up on Boardwalk Empire. So those are our pack. That's our pack. There um, we go. Because I haven't watched any of Boardwalk Empire well, since the first episode. Well, we should probably do this uh, one big last. One thing. big last thing, and oh God, we don't have much time for it, which is too bad because it's actually like the biggest thing I've got for the show today. <laughs> um, biggest thing ever. And with that, we'll leave you. See you next week. <laughs> no, no, no. We can talk about it. Okay. Uh, this past week, fucker, I was I say a fucker. That with, I, I say that with love and respect. Uh, I traveled to Toronto, motherfucker, to visit the set, fucker, of USA's fucker, fucker suits. I hate you so much. And yet you still love me. I do. I do. <laughs> uh, and yeah. you may have been able to go had you had a valid passport. Renew it immediately. I, oh, I, I, oh, you bet your fucking ass I am. <laughs> it's like, mommy, for my birthday, I don't want clothes, even though I need clothes, but I just want a fucking passport. No kidding. I will fucking tie a rope around my pants because that's how much late I've lost. I'll ride, that's how, yeah, that's how yeah. badly I need clothes. I'll, I'll tie a fucking rope around my <laughs> pants so I can go to fucking Toronto to visit. Oh, the it was awesome. It was Ugh. such a great experience. All six of the main characters were there, even though Sarah Rafferty had the day off, Donna, she came in to talk to us anyway. And then I'm don't it didn't feel like it was scheduled, but the guy who plays Harold, um, he's got the curly hair. He's one of the like associates, like Mike. He's the one that ended up being on all the antag- time. antagonist by Mike. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of an antagonist. That actor was there filming webisodes, and he caught us in the hallway, and then he came back and talked to us for a long time. And it sounds like they're going to beef up his role for season two, which I'm excited about. Um, and then we got to tour the set, all the sets, the one they were filming on. Once they got done filming, we got to tour it. We worked in the freaking conference room all day. They said, let us sit in the Pearson uh, Hardman conference room, plug in our laptops and sit at the table for nine hours. It was awesome. That um, awesome. They built a bunch of new sets. We now have the elevator bank and the reception area, which they did not have. They were filming the elevator bank on location when in they could, when the, just at some office building. Um so now they actually have built the reception area and it's got glass between the reception area and the conference room. So there'll be some real nice coordination. They've built uh, Rachel a new office. They actually built a file room because they were using the same room for file room and cafeteria and just swapping out the props. They've built them a file room. They've built them a judge, a courtroom, which they were doing on location. And that was very tough to do to get into courtrooms late at night, whatever. They actually have built a courtroom now wow. that looks amazing. And I can tell you, they aged it perfectly. It looks like a courtroom that's been used for years. That um, is awesome. It's incredible. Uh, some of the fun little facts I learned is right outside the judge's chambers. Somebody over the summer in the prop department 
found from Tommy Boy. The portraits of Chris Farley and Brian Dennehy's characters. Yeah, what was that? Okay, okay. So, like, that you'll never see that in the show. Yeah, you will. They're hanging on the wall outside the judges' chambers. They're not going to, like, freeze the camera on it, but some character is going to walk past it, and you're going to see a portrait of Chris Farley in the background. Or, or Brian Dennehy. Or Brian Dennehy. Yeah, they hung them both up. Now... Oh, okay. Now and, I'm a big fan of not because uh-huh. yeah, I'm fat, but I, I, Tommy Boy is a hilarious right. movie. Me want wing. And in Rachel's office, oh my God, they put a bunch so... of photographs on the wall. And Patrick J. Adams, who plays Mike, fancies himself a photographer, and some of those are the photos he's been taking as a photographer that he they let him put up. Uh, the Photoshop stuff is awesome. Even down to the business cards on the desk, they look authentic and they they're all filled out. Um, the other new office set they built, and this is kind of a spoiler, is for Hardman. Hardman will be back this year a lot. As in the law firm is Pearson Hardman. Pearson Hardman. See, I, and okay. we've only met Jessica Pearson, played by um, Gina Torres from Alias and, uh, you know. No, Firefly wait, wait, wait. I'm Angel. trying to remember because I, I watched that show yeah. thoroughly, but I don't remember the other. You That's because he wasn't in it. They didn't have. Hardman's been not working there for five years. And in the premiere, you're going to find out who he is, why he's been gone and what his return's going to mean. And it will just, Oh, Oh oh my God. Pearson. Oh, I get, I get that's the name of the firm. Right. Oh my, it's the other managing partner. He's played by David Costable from breaking bad. And what else has he been in lately? I want to say damages. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're in the, I'm talking about breaking bad. Yeah. yeah. yeah, Gail. Um, yeah, he's the new guy. And, Basically, the premiere episode is called She Knows. And if you remember at the season one finale, we wa- we got to screen the season two premiere, except for the few scenes they'd shot in New York on location because they weren't added in yet. They just shot them. Um, but anyway, so we're watching the premiere, and it's called She Knows. Immediately, we find out that at the season one finale, Trevor went up to Jessica Pearson and said, there's something you need to know about Mike. And you're left thinking he probably spilled the secret, but you're not sure. The episode's called She Knows, and two minutes into the episode, you will be sure that Jessica Pearson knows exactly what is going on in her law firm. And that, and that, and that is not drive. even the driving force it's of the not. episode. Wow. No, this whole Hardman thing is so much bigger and more dangerous and more a threat to their setup than Mike's secret. Which, if you think about what Mike's secret could do to the firm, and you think there's something worse. That's it's huge. Wow. So I'm not going to get into the details. I no, really want yeah. you to wait till June Thursday, June 14th and find out for sure on, on your own on USA. Um, but it's awesome. And whereas season one was very much the Mike and Harvey show and they did do a lot of case of the week stuff. Uh, season two, every one of the six main characters has great moments in the plot. And they said they will, in the first season, they really had to make it the two-man show to set up everything. Sure. But this season, it will be a six-man show, not a two-man show. And they've really beefed up what they're going to do with Donna and Rachel and Jessica wow. and Lewis. I mean, it's going to be fantastic, just from what I've heard. Um, I'm going to write up more articles on the interviews and give you some more specifics and spoilers. But, I mean, it's it's just going to be – it's definitely a whole different show. It's kicked up a notch. There is even a case of the week in the premiere, I guess, but it's such a small portion of the episode, and the focus of that portion is more on Mike say, as a person than the case he's dealing with. I, I was going to say, again, all shows like this, mm-hmm. even it might focus more on the ongoing story, Right, there's still going to be a case of the week. There may be, but – I would say the screen time for this case of the week was so oh, little. It, it's just going to so be so little. I mean, be we're talking less than 10 minutes, maybe five minutes. 
not out of a 42 minute show. So it's not like, I mean, a lot of the shows that have the case of the week, they maybe condense it to 20 minutes or 25 or 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's considered highly condensed. This one was less than 10 minutes. I guarantee you. Wow. Um, So it's not a case of the week at all. It's definitely become more serial and the uh, ramifications of Mike's secret and Jessica knowing as well as this new threat are going to play over the entire season. Right. And I'll put uh, your, you, the first article, at least the um, overview. That the time of recording yeah. at the time this is posted, what was up a day or so ago. Mm-hmm. I'll put that in the show notes. And if there's any more that go up by the time this goes up uh, this week, I will put those in the show notes as well. But uh, by the way, if, if you, if you could have got the poop, the scoop right as it was fucking happening, mm-hmm. I know I did. Mm-hmm. That's because I follow you on Twitter yeah. At Jerome Wetzel TV, no spaces. Right. And you even told me on Twitter, I didn't know, we were getting a surprise guest, Christopher Gorham, who plays Augie on Covered Affairs. Covered Affairs soundstages are right across the hall, and he was there filming webisodes, and he came over and well, talked to us for 20 minutes. The reason how I, I knew this is um, when we got Ryan on the show, it was mm-hmm. so – I wrote my review for Illegal, and Ryan Johnson uh, – by the way, this is how we got him on the show. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I ever really got into that officially. I just sort of said – he liked us and he wanted on. Mm-hmm. He liked my review and I just fall. He followed me on Twitter and I'm like, wow, cool. Yeah, because the thing with Krista Miller or other people involved with Cougar Town that makes sense because I I do I I have interviewed Bill a few times and Bill just said follow Nick and they followed me. Right. Um, this was he followed me with no one telling him to and I was just like, oh, namaste, thank you so fucking much. And then I was like, ballsy motherfucker, do, do the podcast. And he said, sure, but. You have to go through official channels. Here's who you talk to, and it's Terry. Oh, I met Terry. He hung out with us for a lot yeah. of the time. Well, Terry, very nice guy. Terry is a very nice guy, very awesome guy. But I had to follow him on Twitter, and I had to talk to him. Okay. And so, and, and then I, I even got the impression from both of them, like, yeah, you should follow me on Twitter if you want some possible cool stuff from USA mm-hmm. in terms of news and information. So I oh. do, even though to be fair, if you follow his Twitter. Uh, it's not his the official USA channel. I should preface that it's his own. Terry, personal, yeah, it says right on there. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's the his, well, yeah, but he still does a lot of promotion of USA stuff. It, well, totally. And uh, he put on there. He he was twittering Chris Gorham, who I also mm-hmm. follow. He's like, hey, you think you want to stop on by on the set? Uh, we got some we got some uh, reporters here. You you'd be really cool if you could stop on by and surprise everybody. And he's like. What do you mean? You didn't invite me already? I feel I feel neglected. <laughs> it and was so, yeah. well. It was really funny because he was in his covert affairs costume, complete with the name tag and everything. I saw that. Yeah, and he came in and he was like, "This is so weird being in the Pearson Hardman conference room and this stuff." He's like, "I have begged them to let me like walk through the background of suits, and they told me my costume's not up to snuff, and they won't let me. <laughs> what? Uh, my suit's not good enough quality. Really, I'm sure they just don't want the the um it, the magic to be broken by seeing another." character even if it's just in the background but oh my god that was so yeah i was like i man and he kept spilling stuff they had a producer on set um who we also interviewed separately gene klein who does both shows uh he's executive or supervising producer or something on both shows and christopher gorham kept like oh should i have said that looking at him and then when gabriel mott who plays harvey came in he was asking permission from gene on what he could and couldn't say but man they spoiled a lot of stuff and then later in the day when we were interviewing sarah rafferty and gina torres yeah there were people asking questions about things we'd heard earlier from gene klein and they're like that's a spoiler to me i didn't know that about donna i didn't know that about jessica how interesting so (laughs) it's uh it was a very fruitful day and it was so cool because the backdrop of the cityscape i mean we're in some warehouse in the buku way out 
somewhere on the edges of Toronto. Sure. I mean, you drive up and it's drop off your recycling here. You don't even know there's a television studio behind it. Um, I mean, it's very like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, women's roller skating derby practice here. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's people that go into these buildings for these things and sure. don't even know the television studio is there. Other than like uh, the other entrance door has somebody printed out on their printer from their computer suits production offices and just stuck it there. There's yeah. no logo or anything. Sure. Um, no signage. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So you're sitting in this warehouse and the backdrop behind you is beautifully painted. But of course, if you look right at it, you know, it's a backdrop, but I'm sitting looking at the actor I'm interviewing and I'm only seeing the backdrop out of the corner of my eye. And I'm like, I'm on the 18th floor of some office building in New York city or whatever floor it is. You know, yeah. I'm, I, they tricked me. And what was really cool is about five 30 or so, they turned off the outside lights, meaning they left the lights on inside the conference room, that set, but they turned off the lights that were illuminating the backdrop. And in that type of warehouse, it was like completely dark. So it, looked so, like it was night. So it was night. And we were in there for another two hours. So I'm like getting sleepy going, oh my God, it's so late. I'm really feeling tired. Like we've been here all day because we got there in the AM. I mean, it was, so it's like seven thirty, eight o'clock. We finally leave the set and we walk outside. It's bright daylight. And I'm like, what the hell? You're really screwing with me. That's awesome. It was well, uh, but he'll be posting uh, articles all about this. Oh, absolutely. Uh, exactly. And uh, check out his Twitter feed, Jerome Wetzel TV, if you'd like to follow anything with us. And if uh, you've got any questions about my suit visit, uh, yes. tweet me because maybe there'll be something you're interested in that I won't think about including in my articles. But if you tweet me, I can answer you or include it in the articles and let you know. Indeed. Uh, if you have anything about the show that you heard tonight, goodbaggeeky uh, is our Twitter handle, or you can email us at goodbaggeeky at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 614-364-4088. Um, we all hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day. There's one or two more finales, I think, left. Cougar Town being Cougar one of Town, them. Cougar Town, Touch. Harry's Law was on last night. I didn't get to it yet. Yeah. Um, that was series finale. But, yeah, Touch and Cougar Town are on this week, or Cougarton Abbey. Cougarton Abbey, yes. Um, uh, yeah. And, and so, Best Friends Forever is burning off their final two episodes Friday, if you're interested. So there you go. And we'll, we'll touch on that on uh, not the next episode, probably two episodes from now. Three uh, episodes. Three episodes. Oh, yeah. Because next episode's normal. Two episodes is live. And then, and then, yeah, so three episodes from now, episode 177, that's when we'll do a new Jerome Wetzel TV. And we'll talk about those shows and uh, a few other. Cause, uh, some Burn summer Notice, shows. Yeah, some summer shows that are starting back. Uh, like, like Suits. Suits, we will talk about more in detail when I can exactly. share more information about what I've learned, what's coming yeah, up. Exactly. So uh, thanks, Jimmy, for uh, Jerome Wetzel TV segment. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Something. This is a happy place. What the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> so-